This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Ooh, that's kind of happy and tropical. Yeah. Hey, happy New Year. That's right. Thought I'd try something new. Yeah, I kind of like it. That didn't sound convincing. Is it a little porny? No, it's like beach party. Jesus oh. Christ, Kim. <laughs> really? Right out of the gate? I mean, maybe a little bit. Oh. Por- what kind of porn are you watching? I don't want to watch it. Wait, you're watching porn that has music like this? <laughs> like, what you yeah, it's like, it's like some party porn? Like, at the club? What kind of porn oh are you watching? God. I don't know. I don't know. That's some weird-ass uh, yeah. porn. Happy beach party day. Happy first yeah. show of the year. Thanks. Happy first after party of the year. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have to thank profusely David Mills, who at the end of Friday's show, the last <laughs> con- show contributor kicked in a $20 super sticker. So David Mills, yes. if you're here today, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing and that. It's the beginning of the month, so we have a lot of regular contributors to thank, and we'll thank them uh, during our break. Hey, how was your bit. New Year's Eve? Uh, it was good. Um, I I told I talked to a bunch of friends about whether or not they're doing things. You know, everyone's like, "What are you doing for New Year's?" And yeah. I kind of just, I don't know. I just reflexively said, "I'm. I feel like I've kind of aged out of it. <laughs> like it's not that I don't care. It's just like it's not that big of a deal anymore." And right. you know, I bartended for a long time. I was involved in New Year's, and it's amateur night. And it's like, do I really want to pay like? double the cover charge to go into a place and i don't really drink anymore so it's like eh. so So you you stayed home and hung out yeah we had some family things to deal with um unfortunately we had a death in the family so i had to take care of um yeah i had to uh be there for my mom so um it wasn't really in the mood for it you know Mm -hmm. yeah so you know this is life things happen and um yeah i've been a little I will say trepidatious about 2024 with the election coming up and everything. I just oh. feel like uns- it's my, this year is uncertain to me. Yeah. So I don't know, but happy 2024. I'm hoping for the best uh, fingers crossed. Let's talk about animals to okay. lighten up our mood. No uh, more porn music or alleged <laughs> porn music. No. Oh, the hell that was about. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems a weird way to start, Kim. Just saying. Oh, okay. Okay. We have an escaped dog on a Wisconsin highway. Now we do have video, but uh, if oh, you want to summarize it, yeah, then we'll go to the news report. Dog um, was somehow got free on a snowy stretch of highway in Wisconsin. The oh, yeah. Department of Transportation cameras you know. uh, recorded this dog on the westbound Beltline between Gammon and Whitney at oh, 9.30 in the morning. Traffic jam ensued as emergency vehicles pursued this dog who still was running. Eventually, he was captured safely and turned over to animal control. And the owners of the dog named Thor said they were on a Thor. cruise in the middle of the ocean when Thor escaped uh, while being walked Mark by Thompson? a neighbor. Yeah, no, he's there with Mark Thompson. He was being walked by a neighbor uh, three days before he found his way to the highway. So he was not, free for a not while. Not being walked by that neighbor again. Mm-hmm, that's it. Last time you're trusted. Let's take a look at the video. Okay, here we go. You at 11, traffic on the westbound Beltline was at a near standstill this morning as authorities tried to wrangle a loose pup. Take a look at your screen here. There he is. You can see him running alongside the road through the snow. DOT cameras capturing the pup galloping through the snow around 930 this morning. Authorities tried to push him off the exit at Gammon Road to safety, but he was just too excited to comply. Traffic was backed up for a while as police tried their best to wrangle the dog. We're still waiting to hear the outcome of this early morning chase. We will keep you updated both on air and online. Yeah, he was captured and he was returned to where he needs to be. So there you go. Wes, happy new year to you too. I hope you had a really good year. Yeah, happy new the year. First super sticker of the new year. There you go. Starting off right. Not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Yay, after party. Woohoo. Okay, so let's move on to this snake. um the snake snake on a plane, perhaps. No, not a snake on a plane, snake no. on an after party. Oh. A snake has <laughs> stowed away from Mexico to Canada. How do you think the, the snake stowed away? 
Uh, there you go. I'm gonna back of a truck, one. bus. I don't know where. In a box of fruit, a worker oh. at a fruit and produce distributor in this um, in Ontario mm-hmm. made a surprising discovery in a box of tomatillos, a snake that stowed away from Mexico. So Mexico all the way to Canada. Oh. Wow, what a trip! The Toronto Wildlife Center said in an Instagram post that the food terminal employee named Troy called the wildlife hotline for help when he opened a box of green tomatillos and came face to face with <laughs> an orange and brown serpent. That's um, a I don't I don't know if I would have the wherewithal like the mind to be like, "Oh, let me call the Toronto Wildlife Center." <laughs> I mean, god, you'd have I mean, to be like 911, there's a yellow black snake. I don't know if it's poisonous. It just, you close the box up and call somebody cuz I'm not touching it. Yeah, the snake identified as a northern cat eye snake apparently had stowed away from Mexico to Canada with uh, the produce. Um, you know, we were worried about mold the other day. This is a little worse. Although the veterinary team confirmed the snake was in good health, he's still a long way from home. Our team is currently working on a plan to return the accidental traveler back to its native embar- uh, environment. I wonder so. if that kind of snake is um, venomous or deadly. Yeah, I was going to I was going to look that up. Ooh, uh, scary. It well, looks like they might be mildly Mildly oh, venomous. he's lucky he didn't get a big bite taken out yeah, of his hand eye, when he opened up that thing. Mildly mm. venomous. So, yikes. Yeah. Well, so, Trump will be happy that it was sent back to Mexico. We have another uh, snake story. This one, this guy loves to take his snake surfing. I think that's fine. That's good. Do what you got to do, right? No, that's not cool. This is in Australia. And when you have one of these pets, I guess you sign a statement saying that you won't take it out in public. And this guy, uh, Higor Fiuza, and his carpet python Shiva were seen at beaches all over the place along the Gold Coast, which is a really big hotspot for tourism. So she likes to wrap herself around his neck or dangle from the edge of his board And he says she loves the sport of surfing. The snake is a surfing snake. She goes for a little swim. I don't think the snake knows that you're a surfing dude. She jumps off, goes for a little swim. Okay, this is my problem. Then she's swimming to who? Your toddler is, is, you know, at the shore and all of a sudden there's a python wrapped around his neck? I don't know. Anyway, the snake goes for a little swim and then comes back to the board. She's just cruising, waiting for a wave, the perfect wave, he said. But no can't do it. He's been slapped with a fine of about $1,500 for breaching the terms of his pet license. This according to the Queensland Department of Environment and Science. So uh, you have to have the correct... Crikey. Crikey. You have to have the correct permit to keep a reptile like this, and he is not allowed to remove it from its licensed premises. Crikey, that's a permit violation. The man was brought to the attention of the uh, authorities when he appeared in local media taking his python into the surf. They say we do not want permit holders to be displaying their native animals in public unless it's done for a specific approved purpose and in a way that best provides for the welfare of the animal, the safety of the public, and complies with all the relevant codes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They think that the python would have found the water to be really cold. And that right, the only like warm, right? the only snakes that should be in the ocean are sea snakes, they say. So, mm, yeah, don't take your snake surfing. And it is interesting to note that he's uh, has the same coloring as a snake. He does. Yeah, his tattoos make him look rather green-ish. Yeah. I don't know. Loser, leave the snake alone. <laughs> Go surfing by yourself. People yeah. take their animals surfing, though. A lot of people take their dogs surfing, right? But I've never heard of a surfing snake before. Don't take your cat surfing. No. Mm-mm. No. No. We have a New Year's quiz. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I How long this do you was... say Happy New Year till? Uh, I think this is it after today. Maybe tomorrow, too. Oh, some people are telling me. See, I asked. We... I did. A, I, I ran a survey last night. Uh, and a group of people. And the consensus was one week. Oh, well, let me tell you. I just clicked on the quiz to to tell you what the quiz story questions were. Yeah. And it says, sorry, this has ended. So they think it's over now. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> They're done. They're, they don't want to say Happy New Year anymore. They're done Here's with the a New quiz. Year's quiz. How long does the uh, New Year's quiz last until it expires? 24 hours. That's it. You're done. No more New Year's quiz. No. Well, thanks for that great story, Kim. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Appreciate the contribution to the after party. Oh, I didn't know it was going to expire. That's a trick. Yeah. Um, along with your dairy. <laughs> Moving on, uh, let's go to a. This is a uh, space story, right? Yeah. Uh, alien. It's an alien yeah. story. Yeah. I thought I had mm-hmm. a photo. Um, let's see. Uh, kind of throwing a wrench in this. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Disney is going to release a new alien book based on the alien movies with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Uh, Disney's going to release this A is for Alien, an ABC book. It's geared towards children between the ages of two and five with illustrations <laughs> from the Disney storybook art team. Like, what? I mean, I was a grown-up when that movie scared the crap out of me. I still have nightmares about the Jaws coming out of the darkness. I've never seen it, but I like I know enough. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like E.T. It's like if you live in a society after a few decades, you, you'll absorb, you know, right. the trailers and the references and the you know cuts to things. Right. Um, Alien, the hit sci-fi film starring Sigourney Weaver, celebrating its 45th anniversary in 2024, and Disney's marking the occasion with a children's book. A <laughs> is for Alien. Whose idea book. was this? This is ridiculous. I didn't realize that movie is that old. Uh-huh. 45 years? 45 um, years. Well, Alien, the first one, and then there's Alien, like, two, three, four, right? Yeah, yeah, I just didn't realize that. Yeah. So that would make it, what, 78, 79, something like that? 79? Um mm-hmm. A is for Alien, an ABC book is slated to be published next summer through Little Golden Books. So that's charming. Illustrated by that Disney storybook art team. In space, no one can hear you giggle as you read the Little Golden Book featuring the characters from the classic movie Alien. The official description reads, follow Ripley and the rest of the Nostromo crew on a space adventure that introduces the alphabet from A to Z. According to Collider, the book will be targeted to two uh, at two to five-year-old children. It will come up come out one month before a new Alien film titled Romulus which will premiere in theaters in August. Mm-hmm. It will uh, be released on July 9th. So No, thanks. No. Yeah. No. Here's something I didn't know. Speaking of kids and education, I don't know if you, anyone has one of the um, college 529 savings accounts. Right. But, you know, used to be you could only use it for college and you could shift it around. So if you had you know, meant it for one child, but that child doesn't end up going to college, then you could use it on another family member who does. Right. Well, now they say you can give your child a leg up on retirement because these unused 529 plan dollars can be rolled tax-free into a Roth IRA. And that started January 1st. There are some restrictions on it. um, But a lot of people leave money on the table. Maybe they save too much when it comes to college planning, or, or maybe again, someone decides not to go to college, what have you, or maybe they got a full ride scholarship and you had been saving the whole time. Who knows? But you can roll these unused dollars into this Roth individual retirement account owned by the 529's beneficiary. And that means that you can actually start your child saving for retirement, you know, at an earlier age. Right. Um, the money has to have been in the 529 for at least 15 years before it can be rolled over. So, but that could be a, a good thing for people, you know, that don't use that money and don't know what to do with it. And they, instead of, you know, taking it out and getting po- fines and penalties to roll it over like that, kind of a good deal. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. Yeah. And the Alien movie came out in 1979. Oh. I, I, I got confused because there were so many um, sequels or follow-ups. Yeah. Right. There was Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, Prometheus, Alien Covenant. Right. So there's a bunch. That's why I thought it was a newer movie. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, Next up, uh, we're sticking with space, right? Ooh, yeah. Take me to space. The U.S. military's X-37B robot space plane blasts off on a secret mission aboard SpaceX rocket. Not so secret anymore. Secret Uh, mission. The U.S. military secretive x 37B. That's the kind of name you have to have, right? If it's secret. X-37B slash Area 51. Um, robot space plane has blasted off from Florida on its seventh mission, the first launched atop a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket, capable of delivering it to a higher orbit than ever before. There's nothing, we haven't, we've never seen anything like this. As on previous missions, there's no one on board the re- reusable plane, which resembles a mini space shuttle and carries classified experiments. I thought they were going to say classified documents. Uh, <laughs> they scooped him up from Trump's bathroom and they're yeah, sending him to space. It's a golden toilet flush. Uh, the Falcon Heavy, composed of 
three rocket cores strapped together took off from NASA's uh, Kennedy Space Center at Cape Canaveral more than two weeks late because of technical issues. Three earlier countdowns were aborted due to poor weather and unspecified technical issues, leading ground crews to roll the spacecraft back to its hangar before proceeding with Thursday's flight. They probably needed all those top secret documents. Mm-hmm. The space uh, launch came two weeks after China's robot space plane known as Shenlong, or Divine Dragon, was launched on its third mission to orbit since 2020, adding a new twist to the growing U- uh, U.S. signal uh, rivalry in space. The Pentagon has disclosed few details about the X-37B mission, which is conducted by the U.S. Space Force. Under the military's National Security <laughs> Space Launch Program, Thursday's launch marked the seventh flight, uh, which logged more than 10 years in orbit since its debut in 2010. The last flight, the longest one yet, lasted two and a half years before ending on a runway at Kennedy a year ago. Um, Interesting. Wow, the flight lasted two and a half years? Mm, a long time. It takes wow, a while to get there like, and a while to get back. It was just floating up there? Interesting. Um, the Pentagon has not said how high the space plane We'll fly this time, but in a statement last month, the Air Force Rapid Capabilities Office said mission number seven would involve a test of new orbital regimes, experimenting with future space domain awareness technologies. That's Where do a lot you of work? Buzzwords. I work in the Rapid Capabilities Office. Yeah. What do you work on? New orbital regimes, experimenting <laughs> with future space domain awareness technologies. Duh. Eric says odds are they're testing spy gear. It's yeah. super top secret. Well, those are future space domain awareness technologies. Yeah, that's what I always say. Yeah, interesting. You gotta, you gotta counter that Shenlong. We know China's up to something. Remember, mm-hmm. I think we've established that. Interesting. Yeah, look at well, that. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about this dinosaurs. creature. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. This is called a mosasaur. Look at that. It's an enormous sea snake to continue with our snake theme from Norse legend that was fathered by the trickster god Loki, and it grew big enough to circle the globe. Well, it is now the namesake for a different type of monster. This newly discovered species of a massive meat-eating marine reptile known as a mosasaur which lived about 80 million years ago. Previously unknown, this mosasaur found by paleontologists from fossils near the North Dakota town of Walhalla, which comes from the Norse name Valhalla, right? Which is a feasting hall in Norse mythology where the dead heroes gather. So the scientists dubbed the mosasaur Jormungandr, Valenhesis. Its name references Norse myths of Jorgengondr, the Midgard Jorgengondr. as well as the site of the fossil's discovery. The researchers are reporting this in the Bulletin of the American Museum of Natural History. So this fossil is a near-complete skull with a bony ridge over the eyes, jaws, and some skeletal parts, including 11 ribs and 12 vertebra. In life, this animal would have measured about... 24 feet long and had a long face like that of its mosasaur cousins uh, that according to the lead paleontologist uh, studying this they say kind of like if you took a komodo dragon made it 30 feet long gave it flippers and a shark's tail is what it would look like that's Mm. the mosasaur Uh, In other ways, they say the mosasaur was one of a kind. A mix of features in the bones of its skull made it unexpectedly challenging for scientists to classify this. They hinted the mosasaur group includes more diverse forms than expected. So... Yeah, this they've had this specimen from twenty since twenty fifteen, but have just recently um, written about it and classified it and everything else. So, there you go. That's the mosasaur. So uh, diversity and acceptance, even in the uh, animal kingdom. There you have it. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about discoveries. New discoveries. I like Check that. Oh, what the hell is that thing? A legless lizard. Kind of. How does it move around snake. like a snake? Yeah, and hundreds of other new species were discovered in 2023. Oh, great. Nearly 1,000 new species were discovered in 2023 by scientists at London's Natural History Museum in the California Academy of Sciences. Proving that Earth is still home to many unexplored wonders. The discoveries were made during a year that marks the 50th anniversary of the U.S. Endangered Species Act, which offers protections for threatened plants and animals and has helped save hundreds of species, according to Scott Sampson. California Academy of Sciences executive director. Yet a million more species remain imperiled due to human-driven activities like habitat destruction, climate change, and pollution, he said. 
We must document the Earth's living diversity so we can work to protect it. And the California Academy of Sciences is honored to take part in this critical global effort. So a local connection to the story. That's cool. Uh, the diverse list of 968 new species. Uh, in, I thought they said 1,000. Oh, nearly 1,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, uh, includes previously unknown. Well, they'll discover the rest. Includes previously unknown dinosaurs <laughs> and extinct creatures, beetles, moths, sea slugs, geckos, fish, frogs, spiders, plants, fungi, yeah. worms, and a legless skink. So that's what you're seeing on the screen there, a legless skink. I had never heard of skink before. Huh. It's pretty cool. Um, I guess that's, you know, it's a new discovery. Uh, scientists yeah. will likely recall uh, 2023 as the year of the wasp. Um, let's see this picture. Of, of the 815 oh. new species described by the Natural History Museum this year, 619 of them were different types of pollinating, predatory, and parasitic wasps. Ew. Whoa. Yeah, so out of 815, 619 were wasps. That's wild. Yeah. Ex Where did they find them all? Yikes. Uh, in the, the wasp uh, seating section. Oh, the, <laughs> the wasp. Extra, the extra On the wasp pile. Yeah, yeah. The, wasp, <laughs> the wasp area, the wasp room. The extra, or, extraordinary number of discoveries was boosted by the work of Dr. John Noyes and uh, Christopher Hansen. Scientific associates at the Natural History Museum who are conducting ongoing research to uncover bees, ants, and wasps in Costa Rica. Oh, that's nice. I'll take that trip. Yeah, you Excellent. want to take a cruise to Costa Rica? <laughs> it is important to keep describing how new species, uh, yeah, because uh, describe the new species because many have a profound influence on the environment, and without knowing what to call them, we cannot convey any information about them. Right? Sure. Um, Makes sense. So, yeah, so there's your new discoveries. Uh, if you want to see the rest of it, it's on CNN.com. Cool. Well, it is the time for reflections over the last year and resolutions for the new year ahead, right? And many Americans. Oh, we can are repurpose not... your, the graphic from this story. <laughs> you go. See, go. out of purpose anyway. <laughs> many Americans are not so concerned with going to the gym in the new year. That, according to a survey conducted by Stop and Shop Health Living Director Allison Delaney, who says 39% of respondents to a survey said they want to reduce stress in 2024. 27% said they want to head back to the gym. The number one resolution is eating healthy, with 58% of people saying they plan to change what is on their plates, even though 51% of respondents said they plan to ring in the new year with champagne. 46% said they plan on taking part in dry January and giving up alcohol for the month of dry January. So, you know, typical from working out to eating right to not drinking to what have you a lot of people are saying yep and to make a new resolution do you have a resolution i have a resolution to get the right photo for the story because the picture of the people are pointing out in the chat that the picture of the legless skink had legs it did and have a little leg but maybe they were unusable is what i was thinking. no i think there's there's different kinds of skinks i guess oh. and so it's the legless that is uh new and oh. so i apologize we it apologize. Was, it, was, it was the picture that I saw attached to the story. I thought too many legs. Funny. No. Yeah. Well, as we look back on 2023, no, where, did all, no that. where did all of our money go? That's what I want to know. I think it went to funding research for skinks. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> there is, that a, is that the legless skink? Yeah, it's a legless skink. You're, all you're right. welcome. Yeah. I, I would call that a snake. Yeah, I think so. If it's a legless lizard, it's kind of a snake, right? I mean, there must be a distinction. There must be some type of biological. I can't lizard. even get the right photo. I don't know. Up, so I don't, I, don't know. Uh, I don't really need a resolution. I don't think because uh, I've I've been on my diet since May and yeah. I've been going to the gym. Now I have to deal with all the people who come for the only the month of January. Right. That's annoying because then the gym's overcrowded. Yeah, but so the, you're they'll, all gonna quit in a month anyway. Filter out exactly. Yeah. It's just a, yeah, it'll it'll be all right. It'll work out. But I guess we um, we spent a lot of money this holiday season. People are saying they're poor, but they ended up, what, spending like they normally spent or even more, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't think this applies to all of us because some of us are mm -hmm. a little more disciplined, right? But Americans spent yeah. notably more during uh, during the holiday season this year. Uh, this economy, uh, this sentence is weird. I'm going to skip to the next sentence. Retail sales in the U.S., excluding auto sales, rose 3.1% from last year, according to data released by MasterCard on Tuesday. Uh, this holiday season, the consumer showed up 
spent money in a deliberate manner. And uh, the, the economic backdrop remains favorable with healthy job creation and easing inflation pressures, empowering consumers to seek goods and experiences that they value the most. Uh, here's the breakdown of where Americans spent their money on holiday right. in the holiday season. This is from November 1st to December 24th. Brick okay. and mortar stores. According to data, sales in store rose by 2.2% during the holiday season. Uh, oh. This is according to MasterCard. Despite the fact that spending online is increasing at a faster pace than in-store, that's interesting, shopping in-store still makes up a considerably larger portion of total retail spending. Um, the, the MasterCard data also showed a rise in the online sales. According to the data, there was a 6.3% rise in online sales this season. Mm -hmm. Last year, data from Adobe showed that online shopping yielded more than $200 billion during the previous holiday season, which broke a record for e-commerce. Um, next up, apparel. Apparel sales also rose this holiday season in comparison to last, up 2.4%. Apparel was one of the top categories for shoppers this season. Uh, as they look for new outfits and, um, and upcoming holiday festivities. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, electronics, next up, was one of the uh, two categories listed that had a drop in sales this holiday season with comparison to last, down by 0.4. Oh, interesting. Jewelry also dropped in sales this holiday season, down by 2%. Uh, grocery sales up 2.1. Restaurants um, are up 7.8%. Culinary celebrations continued as family and friends gathered in restaurants to ring in the holidays. So there's mm. uh, there's where the Americans Did you do all your money. shopping online this year or did you go in store? Um, I didn't do anything online. I don't have a lot of people to shop for. And mm. I ended up getting two gift cards um, only because I didn't really know they wanted them. And uh, a lot of chocolate. Oh. There's women in my life. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think mostly in store. Okay. My mom really wanted more like, um, or I know she needed more food containers. Yeah. Because I think people never return them. That's what you get for giving people food. That's right. right. Should I be? You're never going to. So I, I got her like the cheaper Tupperware, like the, the thin plastic ones. Right. So that like she can give those to the people she knows but never return you, them. They're never gonna see them right? again. And yeah. she can keep the night. And then I got her glass ones with the like the you know the flip lids or the the top that flips on the, all four sides. Yeah, it flips down. Like those are the steady, sturdy ones for the refrigerator. So that's that's what mom was really excited about. I like those because then you can heat your food up and you don't have to worry about plastic in the microwave. Like oh right, that. you can take the lid off and cook it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about speaking of diets and eating mm, a low carb ooh. diet, which a lot of people think the low carb diet is the best way might not be the best new year's weight plan. This new Harvard research is finding some low carb diets may actually make you gain a few pounds. Oh, That's no. not what we want. A new study out this week looked at the results from more than 120,000 adults across several decades. It found that those on a low-carb diet that emphasize healthy fats and plant-based proteins have a better chance of keeping off the excess weight, while those on low-carb diets that include meat and unhealthy fats gained an average of five pounds over four years. The senior author of the study says the key takeaway is that not all low-carb diets are created equally when it comes to managing weight in the long term. So you can't just do low-carb and then, you know, throw all the meats and the cheeses and the fats that you want. You have to really look at what your low carb diet is, is doing because you could be on the one that maybe doesn't pan out so well over time. Yeah. yeah I, I don't, my diet is more like um, restricting calories, just eat, not eating as much. Mm -hmm. And then I do two meals a day instead of three. And then the rest I can have like a protein shake or something like if I'm really hungry or I can have some like nuts. Right. Um, you know, something that I know is not bad or, I'll like I stock up on like carrots and then I have like hummus, peanut butter, things that I know that will like tell my stomach to like shut up for a while. Well, nut, sure. nut, nuts are supposed to be part of the good fat, right? Yeah. But it's like yeah. you can have a little bit of that and then you it keeps your stomach from like freaking out, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah. And that's and then I leave that up to Archie. <laughs> Man, I don't Poor know if it's Archie. like I don't know if it's the winter or what, or maybe it's because I teased him with like half a can for dinner. Jeez, he oh. will not stop asking for food. So thanks for all your contributions. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's take a quick break and we will be right back on the after party live. Ooh, you moved really fast. Move oh, too, I'm fast sorry. Yes, too fast for John. Too fast for John. Here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Ready. 
<laughs> the After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Speaking of being thankful, we have a new contributor, Tony C. And thank you so much for joining the party. Also ongoing contributors, Candida W., Lee S., Harold H., Linda G., Sue Ann S. Not Suan. Not Suan. Sue Ann S., (laughs) Jerry S., Vivian uh, T., Jim L., Meredith D, Deborah C, Joyce M, Nancy V, Janet R, and Carol S. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you guys. Thank and then you. of course we want to thank hug West and T. Yes. Thank you. My West. favorite type of tea is a West. Happy tea. New Year, Wes. Thank you very much. Yay. All right. Let's talk entertainment because I guess Dave Chappelle is still controversial in 2024. Yeah, Man. It's like Dave Chappelle. Like, come on, dude. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I liked him. He was smart and edgy and whatnot and funny and, mm-hmm. you know, cut through the PC thing. But it's like, it's like he's punching down now. And I don't, I don't think it's funny. And I think he just, it's like the equivalent of him getting defensive that instead of accepting that he was wrong, he's just like doubling down on it. Dave yep. Chappelle targets trans people and adds disabled people to his hit list. Oh, like, that's nice. <laughs> in his new Netflix comedy special, Despite Blowback. Dave Chappelle has his first new comedy special out on Netflix in two years called The Dreamer. Um, it's an amazing, like, that much time goes by. It goes by so fast, mm. like, uh, two years. He covers an array of topics, but it doesn't let up on trans jokes. Uh, Netflix has put out another anti-woke comedy, uh, has put out other anti-woke comedy specials lately, including Rick, Ricky Gervais and Matt Rife. I just saw the Ricky Gervais special. Again, I thought he was really smart and really cutting and right. really funny on the Golden Globes. This special is, like, lame. It's just... This, the new special is not that funny, um, mm-hmm. and it's mostly like grievance, and it's like him bitching about people taking issue with his jokes that aren't funny. But his whole thing is like, I'm not serious, right? Like, this is not serious. I'm telling you this is a joke, so therefore you shouldn't be offended. And it's like, that works once in a while, but it's just, it's gone on too long. Yeah, It's like, you can't just use that as an excuse to say nasty things about people. Um, Dave Chappelle has another stand-up special out on Netflix, and he hasn't backed down on punching down. In The Dreamer, which dropped on December 31st, he takes shot at the trans and gay communities as well as disabled people. He said, tonight, I'm doing all handicap jokes, he says. They're not as organized as the, as the gays, and I love punching down. Like, really, dude? Minority group? Really? Chappelle doesn't waste time t- tr- targeting trans people in the first 12 minutes of the airline special, uh, his seventh exclusive for Netflix, despite saying he wasn't doing trans jokes no more. He also touches on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on on stage in 2022 and the time he was tackled himself at the Hollywood Bowl the same year. It builds on its uh, controversial 2021 special, The Closer, and 2019 Sticks and Stones, where he joked about trans people, Michael Jackson's accusers, Me Too, among other topics. Netflix employees walked out in 2021 after The Closer, but the blowback didn't seem to have much impact. Like doubling down on everything that pisses people off. Well, and it's like you're smart enough, you're talented Mm -hmm. enough you don't need to, this does not need to be your material. Yeah. And it's not funny. It's it, like, I, I, I really like Ricky Gervais. Like I've liked his work and like the, the special that just came out was like meh, like mm. totally meh. It was just like grievance. It was just like, you know, you shouldn't be offended, you know? And I think it's lame anyway. Can we talk about Steamboat Willie? Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, so yeah, that's Steamboat Willie is the precursor to Mickey Mouse, right? That's right. the original. Well, it looks like the earliest form of Mickey is now going to become, well, it is now public domain as the oh, year turns no. to 2024. Yes. So it's a it's a moment that a lot of people thought would never happen. One version of Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Willie, uh, will be free from Disney's copyright. As his first screen release short, 1928 Steamboat Willie, featuring both Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, becomes available for public use. This is it. 
it's Mickey Mouse. This exciting because it's kind of sub- symbolic. This according to a professor of law and the director of Duke's Center for the Study of Public Domain. Uh, she said, I kind of feel like the pipe on the steamboat, like expelling smoke. It's so exciting. I don't know. U.S. law allows a copyright to be held for 95 years after Congress expanded it several times during Mickey's life. Yeah, it's they used to say that it was the Mickey Preser- Protection Act. That's right. Like it was every time they expanded it. Was it was called the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Uh, that oversimplified because it wasn't just Disney that it was pushing for term extension. It was a whole group of copyright holders whose works were set to go into public domain who also benefited from the 20 years of extra protection. I want my money. <laughs> so um it won't change when the copyright in Steamboat Willie expires according to Disney uh that th- Mickey Mouse's first appearance in the 1928 film Steamboat Willie they ever since that they've associated the character with Disney stories experiences and authentic products and that's what they're saying won't change but current artists and creators will be able to make use of Mickey they're are major limits on this. Um, the more mischievous, rat-like, non-speaking boat captain and Steamboat Willie has become public, not Mickey Mouse. So it actually has to look like Steamboat Willie, but they're very similar. And already I was talking earlier this morning yeah. about a new movie where they have Steamboat Willie slash Mickey Mouse that has now become a serial killer in a horror movie. So yeah, so I put in this story and he doesn't look very rat-like in Steamboat Willie there on the screen. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty close to the regular Mickey, doesn't it? Well, he has the tail. His his snout is longer. The it doesn't look the really rat-like. black thing on the end of his nose is longer. Right. But you, would, so, you wouldn't say that looks rat-like, really. Maybe with a tail. So. I don't know. Doesn't he always have a tail? Is it cut off? Is it I don't think he does. He doesn't show his backside. No. <laughs> but as soon as I put the the story about Steamboat Willie in, mm-hmm. there there was a new story. Well, that didn't take long. On the first day yep. that Disney's 1928 uh, short Steamboat Willie entered the public domain, a trailer dropped for a horror comedy film featuring none other than Mickey Mouse as the killer. So this is similar to that Peter, uh, to that, um, mm-hmm. what was it, that uh, Winnie the Pooh slasher film that came out a couple years ago yeah uh, blood and honey yeah blood and honey (laughs) (laughs) the synopsis the synopsis for the film called mickey's mousetrap reads it's alex's 21st birthday but she's stuck at the amusement arcade on a late shift so her friends decide to surprise her but a mass killer dressed as mickey mouse decides to play a game of his own with them and which she must survive that's right the, tra- the trailer features, yep, a person in a Mickey Mouse costume wearing what resembles a hockey jersey without letters, attacking a victim and stalking others inside a Chuck E. Cheese type place, reminiscent of last year's horror hit Five Nights at Freddy's. There's also a scream-like self-awareness about the horror genre, including one character predicting that another's going to get killed when he says, I'll be right back. And then the guy mm. says, well, he's dead. If he was in a horror movie, you never say that. I'll be right back because, you know, then you don't, he explains. Well, Disney is saying that, of course, they'll continue to protect their rights on the more modern versions of Mickey Mouse and other works that remain um, subject to the copyright. So they still um, solidly and separately hold trademark on Mickey as a corporate mascot and a brand identifier. And the law forbids using the character deceptively to fool consumers into thinking that a product is from the original creator. They say anyone starting a film company or a theme park will not be able to make the mouse ears their logo. They say they're working to safeguard against consumer confusion caused by unauthorized uses of Mickey and other iconic characters. But look at that on the left, that steamboat Willie murderer, knife wielding creature. And that that doesn't look very rat like because that nose is smaller and it looks it looks like. Mickey. I mean, there the face the is mouth. longer, the snout is different, but it's still very Mickey-like. That's very Mickey. Yeah. Oh boy, you're yeah. gonna pay, bitches. <laughs> That's right. Oh, oh it's that time of the week. What time of the week is it? Oh, it's travel that time tis- of the week, Cam. You don't keep me <laughs> track, really. I'm a character. Yeah. I don't even know what day it is. That's right. Travel Tuesday, everybody! Hey, let's Travel go. Tuesday. Thank you, Mockingbird. Yes. Um, let's talk about some mishaps. 
Oh, man. Oh, Mockingbird's still here. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, the um did you see this story we had another we you had that story about that kid like the young kid that was sent on the wrong plane? Yeah. Do you remember it? Well, I, now I was a 6-year-old on Spirit Airlines. Yeah. And it's like it's funny because Spirit is always there's two airlines that are always in the news for like being horrible. Mm-hmm. Spirit and what's the other one? Mm, Frontier. Frontier. 16-year-old flying solo on Frontier Airlines ends <laughs> oh, up no. in, ends up in Puerto Rico instead oh, of Ohio. God. How does that yep. happen? Yep, that's right. Oh man, a Florida teenager traveling alone was meant to fly to his mother in Ohio on a Frontier Airlines flight, but instead ended up on a flight to Puerto Rico. The 16-year-old was scheduled to fly from Tampa to Cleveland, but it mistakenly boarded a flight to uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. The Ohio and Puerto Rico flights departed at, from the same gate. That's where it, this is how it happened. With the flight to Puerto Rico taking off first, right? So he was at the right gate, but he was early he was early frontier has extended its sincere apologies to the family for this error (laughs) our bad we're sorry (laughs) comes as a similar (laughs) recent incident uh involving an unaccompanied six-year-old which uh you know who got on the wrong spirit air flight flight here's the thing i thought we were concerned about like terrorism whatnot we're just letting people on the plane without scanning their uh boarding pass you would think that there there would be some attention paid no well think about it the wrong person gets on the flight Mm -mm. you know you know, what if what if it was a terrorist? So you got somebody who's supposed to be on another flight and now they're on a flight to Puerto Rico? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was the first solo flight for the teenager, Logan, who doesn't seem to be that great. <laughs> if I was 16, Logan. at 16, I would look at the, there's a sign right by the window, right? Or right by right. The, um, the the desk. It tells you where the flight is going. Right? What are they, and they say, now boarding flight right. 424 to Puerto Rico. Like, right. don't he get on that his, plane. He probably had his headphones in. Like listening to his iPod or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was the father said he was <laughs> he and his current wife Krista talked the team through how to go through the gate. But when Logan got to the gate around eight p.m., passengers were already boarding. He went up there and asked, and the airline's responsible. Like the the dollar stops with them. He mm-hmm. went up there and asked the lady if the flight was boarding. She said yes, and then they checked his bag to make sure it fit. But Logan said they never scanned his ticket. Uh, they just glanced at it and said yes, you're on the right flight when he boarded. So. Yeah, had they scanned the boarding pass, they would have known he was on the wrong flight. And here's my thing: Spirit and Frontier—they're low-cost airlines, right? So they're not charging a lot of money, and they're not—I um, presumably—they're not paying their employees a lot, right? So yeah. you're not attracting—you're not attracting your best. And so, what's going to happen when you're cheap? You're going to have mistakes because you have people who probably don't really care about their job, don't take it seriously, right? I—that I, sucks. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I mean, I would guess that's the case, right? Yeah. You need the, uh, you need employees more. that care. Well, 2024 is bringing new airplanes, new seats, and airport improvements to passengers. So as long as you pay attention to which plane you're getting on, it might be a little more comfortable of a ride. There is a big new terminal at Abu Dhabi International Airport, a home to Etihad Airways, they fully opened this Terminal A after much delay. It's an enormous facility and a huge improvement. At Los Angeles International Airport, the big news is outside the terminals. It's an automated people mover train system at LAX. You can see it here. Um, it is, uh, it's been taken, it's taken five years to complete this. It has six stops connecting the terminals with a new rental car facility, ride hailing zones, parking lots, and a new Metro Transit Center station for the local C and K Metro rail lines. Massive improvement, they say. And they hope that it's going to go a long way toward reducing the airport's traffic snarls when it opens in 2024. A lot of quality of life improvements, new small planes making a difference on board as well. There's an Airbus uh, plane. It's the longest range version of an earlier Airbus plane, family of single aisle planes with standing for extra long range. So now you can take these smaller planes longer distances. I thought you were going to say smaller planes for like Harry and Meghan, like private jets. No, not a private jet. Um, But also, also, uh, they say there's a flock of new big planes. That means new seats and services as well. Japan Airlines will start operating its first Airbus A350-1000 this month. 
initially to New York, later in the spring to Dallas-Fort Worth as well. It has luxurious class suites, big business suites, upmarket premium economy, and some of the most spacious economy seats in the sky. Um, And so they're saying that, look at that. They're calling it the airplane to watch out for. And these won't burst into flames on the runway? We hope they won't burst into flames. They say there's new headrest speakers in first and business class, which launched as well. It's the new Euphony system, which adjusts automatically to account for cabin noise. So whatever you're listening to isn't audible outside of your own suite. Euphony? It's the Safran Euphony system. Oh, Euphony. Euphony. (laughs) Euphony. 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 Yeah. (laughs) It's not meant for swelling orchestral or cinematic masterpieces, but it's really good to fall asleep to a documentary. I can't fly like that. Or a podcast without a big headset. Mm -hmm. Like the after party. Lufthansa is due to introduce its Allegris generation of products, which with new seats in first business premium and economy, bring its onboard experience up to date. Uh, They might have to wait for that. They're having some delays with that. Air India getting the first A350 designed uh, from its fresh rebrand with new airplane paint jobs, new uniforms from fashion designer Manish Malhotra. Uh, The airline is, I guess, taking a few of these A350s that were previously intended to go to a Russian airline, but they're now going to Air India. So Emirates also gets its first A350s and American Airlines adds to the list of new seats for both smaller and narrow body and large wide body airplanes as well. So a lot going on with the airline industry. A lot of travel options. And all these planes are causing a problem of overcrowding. These are some of the... 2023's worst destinations for over tourism. Uh, this, can you tell what this is? This one's actually really hard to identify. Mm. This is—is is that the Vatican? No, this is Barcelona. Oh. This is Spain. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly. What are all where. those people looking at? Yeah, it, they must be at some tourist spot. Maybe it's an yeah. overlook, like a like a. If anybody recognizes the spot in Barcelona, yeah. please let us know. Following several y- years of pandemic-induced downturn, the travel sector is not only back, but it's positively booming. According to World Travel and Tourism Council, the industry is expecting to bring some $9.5 trillion in 2023, which accounts for 95% of its pre-pandemic levels. Nowhere in, is this surge more evident than in popular tourist spots around the world, many of which have experienced record numbers over the past year. Such sur- surges may be sweet for local economies and hospitality businesses, bottom line, but they also come with notable downsides. Increased noise, pollution, traffic, strain on public resources, a lower quality of life for locals, and a diminished visitor experience, just to name a few. Not surprisingly, many tourist magnets across the globe, including several European hubs, have created initiatives and restrictions aimed at combating over-tourism issues. Among them, new or increased tourist taxes, campaigns aimed at discouraging problematic visitors, and attendance caps at popular attractions. Um, on the bright side, more travelers seem to be aware of the risks of over-tourism and how they can help alleviate the problem. In a 2022 survey by Booking.com, 64% re- of respondents said that they would be prepared to stay away from busy tourist sites to avoid adding to the congestion. Mm. And uh, here's another spot, Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, you know, Amsterdam has taken this on and said that they're you know, they're known for being direct. And in 2023, tourism officials in Amsterdam weren't shy about taking aim at one particular demographic, young British males, as cool. nuisance tourists. Really? On my travels around the world, if you're worried about, you know, our reputation as Americans, mm-hmm. oh, just stand next to a British tourist, specifically Are British they male l- tourists. loud or what is it they're about for being them? loud, just kind of like boorish, just like oh. drunk. Um, like drunk all the time. <laughs> when I went to England, I thought like I thought people drank here. Oh no, they drink there. And no. I was like, people are falling over like in the bar at night. And I'm like, why is it so bad? And then I realized like, oh, they're drinking all day. You know, they had a. I was at one club where they have a dedicated mop boy. Like he just goes around with a mop. Like we would have a mop like for like an accident or something. Or you know, you'd clean up a broken glass once in a while. No, this guy's full-time just making circles going around cleaning up <laughs> spilled alcohol people are at like, least they're at least they're clean drunks yeah like people have like a pint <laughs> and they're just like you know they're so wasted that they're just like spilling it right all over the oh, place I, I thought that was funny like a dedicated mop uh guy. Wow. 
Um, but anyway, there's a bunch of different countries, uh, you know, different spots all over the world. Uh, Athens is overcrowded. Some of people course. are putting in the tourist tax. Yeah. Yeah. Bali is overcrowded. Um, we mentioned Barcelona, Miami, yeah. apparently it's having issues. Paris, um, Phuket, just, just F it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Venice, we know that they're, they have their new restrictions. We actually have a story coming up on Venice. So, um, that's what's going up there, going on there. You have a story about food, right? I do, but before I, before I do that, if you could, I forgot to ask you guys to please click the like button. Please like us, please like us, please. You don't please have to lick it. Like you don't have to lick it, but just click it. <laughs> click it, click it and tick it. No, please click the like button and subscribe as well. Thank you for doing that. Okay, let's talk about food, 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 because there is um, there are New Year food traditions around the world. So I thought it would be interesting to check it out. Yeah. Number one is from uh, the South here in the United States, and it's Yeehaw. called Hoppin' John. It's supposed have to be. Have you ever heard of this? I have never heard of it. It is a dish of pork flavored field peas or black eyed peas symbolizing coins and rice. It is often served with collards or other cooked greens because that's the color of money and cornbread, which is the color of gold. The dish is said to bring good luck in the new year. A lot of folklore about this one. This dish has roots in African and West Indian traditions. It was most likely brought to America by slaves coming right. here. A recipe for Hoppin' John appears as early as 1847 in a... a magazine book called the carolina housewife it's been reinterpreted over the centuries do by you subscribe home to and... the carolina housewife no i do not <laughs> something else lucky declare. speaking in, of spain 12 grapes you're supposed to eat 12 grapes in spain that's lucky the people oh. of spain traditionally watch a broadcast from puerta del sol in madrid where revelers gather in front of the square's clock tower to ring in the new year those out in the square and those watching at home partake in an annual tradition at the stroke of midnight they eat one grape for every toll of the clock bell some even prep their grapes peeling and seeding them to make sure they'll be as efficient as possible when midnight comes the customs started at the turn of the 20th century it was purportedly thought up by grape producers in the southern of part of the country with a bumper crop and since then the tradition has sped, spread to many other Spanish I said 12 nations. grapes 12 12 in mexico they have tamales on the new year this Hot of course tamales. corn dough stuffed with meat cheese and other additions wrapped in banana leaf or a corn husk um every special occasion is where you'll find these in mexico but the holiday season and especially favored time for the tamale in many families groups of women gather to make hundreds of these little packets with one person each in charge of one aspect of the cooking process they hand them out to friends and neighbors and on new years is often served with menudo which is tripe and hominy soup that is um uh, famously good for hangovers so it was also a boy band right yeah no menudo was it yeah, <laughs> i don't menudo. know yeah, menudo. in the netherlands they like to eat oliballen have you ever had this no no it's deep fried it's a fried oil balls or oliballen they're sold by street carts and they are traditionally consumed on New Year's Eve and at special celebratory fairs. They are donut-like dumplings, oliballen, made by dropping a scoop of dough spiked with currants or raisins into a deep fryer and okay. dusting them with powdered sugar. If you're in Amsterdam, be on the lookout for oliballen crumbs, which is a little temporary shack trailer on the street selling hot fried oliballen. It didn't look very appealing until you described what it was. I was like, what are we now, looking at here? Now you want to pop one in? They do yeah. have a lot of fried food in um in Take Amsterdam. That fried ball and eat it. They actually have um they have like <laughs> automated like vending machines with like this kind of food in them. Oh. Fried food. Like they have like it, and it's like freshly like it's stocked, like there's somebody behind it. Right. Just, like, stocking it with uh, like little to go things. They like just this. don't want to have to deal with customers, so they just shove it in the machine. Yeah. In Austria and Germany, it's Marzipanschwein. Yeah, yeah, Marzipanschwein. Glückschwein. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they call their New Year's Eve Sylvesterabend or the Eve of St. Sylvester. 
Austrian partiers drink a red wine punch with cinnamon and spices, eat a suckling pig for dinner, and decorate the table with little pigs made of marzipan called marzipanschwein, right? Or almond yeah, pig. Yeah, yeah. Good luck pigs or Glückschwein, which are made of all sorts of things, are also common gifts throughout Austria and Germany. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, soba noodles in Japan. That's what they have on New Year's for soba noodles. It's a New Year's midnight. You eat them at midnight on New Year's Eve to bid farewell to the year gone by and welcome the year to come. That tradition dates back to the 17th century. Long noodles symbolize longevity and prosperity. I think we could all deal with some soba noodles right about now. No, uh, king cake is very popular. One of the New Year's cakes that spans countless cultures. The Greeks have the Vallisplapita, the French Gateau or Galette, Mexicans the Rosca de Reyes, and the Bulgarians enjoy the Benista. But most of these cakes are consumed at midnight on New Year's Eve. Some cut their cake on Christmas, uh, the Epiphany, January 6th, and that includes hidden gold coins or figurines, which symbolize a prosperous year for whoever yeah, finds it in, in their spice. They have that in uh, Nolens. Yeah, yeah, the king cake, right? Nolens. Yeah. Right? In Italy, it's the Cotacino con lentici, is what they eat on New Year's Eve, commencing with a traditional Cotacino con lentici. This is a sausage lentil stew said to bring you good luck. So there you go. In Poland and Scandinavia, you've got to eat the pickled herring on New Year's. Yeah, Yeah, because it'll bring you prosperity. It has a silver coloring to it. So it'll bring you prosperity and bounty. Some people eat pickled herring and cream sauce. Others have it with onions, but you just got to eat it. So and they have lastly, herring in, um, in uh, before you go to the last one, um, yeah, yeah. In, in Amsterdam, when I first went to Amsterdam, I have a Dutch friend and he he's like, you have to have herring. It's like our official food. And they have like a little cart by the river oh. and they have a little, mm-hmm. you know, Dutch flag and, the, and you're supposed to eat the herring. And so you just eat it and it's, you know. Uh, I don't know if it was cooked. It was kind of like sushi. Anyway, it was disgusting. And I turned it <laughs> and I'm like, well, are you going to have yours? And he's like, oh, no, no, it's only for tourists. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. What? <laughs> Sucker. He's like, he's like tourists and like old people. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. This next one actually looks good. This is the Kronsekeg from Denmark and Norway. Hey, it is hey. a... It's a wreath cake, a cake tower composed of many concentric rings of cake layered on top of one another. They are made for New Year's Eve and other special occasions in Denmark and Norway. It's made using marzipan with a bottle of wine or aquavit in the center and can be decorated with ornaments, flags, and crackers. So there you go. There's your New Year's foods around the world. Very cool. Doesn't it feel like we just ate our way around the globe? Yeah, I'm feeling a little... um... Yeah. Well, speaking time, of feeling time bloated, for a cruise <laughs> time for a cruise yeah you remember there was that um that cruise that got canceled it was supposed to be like a three-year cruise yeah well now there's a three and a half year cruise planning to set oh. sail in may that's right the cr- the three-year cruise is dead long live the three and a half year cruise as the dust settles on life at sea cruises which cancels its three-year voyage shortly before depart- departure uh, having not s- secured a ship, which is a minor major detail. Right? Yeah. Uh, Oops. Another possible heir to the throne is emerging via 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 V via V residents. Uh, another long-term cruise startup has confirmed the purchase. I'm a little wary of long-term cruise startups. You know, I'm not, I'm not investing. I'm not putting my money into those, you know, into that stock. They've confirmed the purchase of a ship. At least they already have a ship for a three and a half year journey around the world. Departure is scheduled for May 2024. The company has bought the MS Bramer from Fred Olson Cruise Lines, renaming it the Via V Odyssey. The vessel was constructed in 1993 for Crown Cruise and marketed by Canard uh, before passing to Majesty and then uh, NCL, then returning to Crown and finally being bought by Fred. Oh, Fred. How Uh, much does it cost to take your three and a half year cruise? Uh, yeah, I don't think they have the prices mm. in the story. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, la- oh, yeah. people. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm making my way through the story. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the last time people were selling their houses and like, you know, financing this trip. Yeah. 
Uh, let me give you some of the details before we skip ahead. But yeah. um, there are the touches that anyone traveling for 1,300 days across 147 countries and 425 ports uh, would want. Fast, reliable internet from Starlink mm -hmm. and VSAT3 in case you have like a YouTube show at home you need to check in on. And sure. an interactive culinary center for those missing the kitchen as well as for cooking classes. There will also be a golf program with a simulator on board and outings to greens around the world. Port stays will vary from two to seven days, allowing people to scratch, uh, allowing people to scratch off, scratch off, scratch below the surface, uh, or scratch off of the usual hit and run <laughs> cruise ship approach. Uh, for those intrigued by the idea of a long term cruise but are wary of committing to the full three and a half years, don't do it. There will be the ability to book segments from as little as thirty five days on board. There's good news for those who uh, thirteen hundred and it's actually one thousand three hundred and one days is not enough. The plan is to run the cruise into another and into another so people can spend oh. their lives at sea. There you when go. Are gonna, going from one port to another. When are they going to maintain the boat? That's what I want to know. Oh, um, yeah. Does it have to dock? Yeah. The CEO, the former managing director at, of Life at Sea, says the concept was informed by what customers interested in other cruises were telling him. I spoke with thousands of people, and we created this based on what we learned from Life at Sea. People want the flexibility of, pay, of paying as they go, coming and going. Mm. Um those renting, essentially paying for their voyage uh, as on a normal cruise, will pay from $89 per person per day for an inside cabin. That works out to $32,485. So just over $32,000 per year per person for an inside cabin. I imagine it's probably going to be double occupancy, right? That's I don't think really I'm... cheap. Is it? Well, I don't know when you consider how much a retirement home is. Okay. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, if you're going to retire somewhere and you want to see the world, I don't yeah, know. I don't know how much retirement homes cost, but 89 mm -hmm. bucks per day is not. I mean, that's per person, too. So you're I was going to say you're stuck with someone else. Probably. presumably. <laughs> Hopefully you cabins, meet somebody on board you like. And that's like that's the cabin where you're inside and you have no view. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Gonna, I don't that's going to get old. after all. No. Outside cabins start at 119 per person per day with balconies at 199. There's no obligation to sign up for the full three and a half years. Um, the 1,301 days will be split into segments ranging from 35 to 120. Passengers can buy as few or as many segments as they like. Um, hmm. Meanwhile, buying entails paying outright for a cabin starting at, uh, this is a little confusing, uh, 99,000 for an internal one and then 149,000 for an uh, outdoor. Like Owners for life? Must... Yeah, this is kind of confusing. Didn't we I say guess? it was... We said it was thirty-two thousand. Now they're saying. Meanwhile, buying entails paying outright for a cabin, starting yeah. at ninety-nine thousand for an internal one. So it looks like this is more. It's kind of confusing how they're breaking this down. So you own owners, it. Owners must then um, pay monthly fees starting at seventeen one thousand seven hundred fifty per person, um, or twenty-one thousand, thirty thousand, or forty-eight thousand per. This is really confusing. Owners can then rent it out to yeah. other people. Yeah. So what you're talking yeah, about is buying. You own it. it. Um, those buying a cabin will be guaranteed guaranteed for 15 years. This is really confusing, but um, interesting. I, we'll see um, how this works out. I don't know. You know what I'm thinking? No. Mm -mm. This is like timeshare like realm. Like yeah, it is. It is. It's just, uh, just go um, on a simple vacation. You know, there's going to be complications. You know, there's going to yeah. be problems. Guarantee you. Yeah. You don't even know if the thing's going to take off. You're going to lose your luggage. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are going to happen. I guarantee it. Something else happening in Venice is they're going to ban these large tourist groups and loudspeakers. So, you know, things that would, you know, break the silence and be another tourist loudspeaker. People that live in the area have to constantly hear this. And over here, you oh, I have thought you meant loudspeakers. I thought you meant loudspeakers like Americans. Oh, like me? <laughs> You're talking about actual speakers. <laughs> I think it's loudspeakers. Yeah, yeah loudspeakers. Like, yeah, loudspeakers. Um, they don't want tourist groups of more than 25 people. They're trying to ease <laughs> the impact on mass tourism on this, the Italian city of Venice, kind of what you were talking about over tourism. So the rules come into effect um, from... June, the use of loudspeakers have are banned as they can generate confusion and disturbances. They say over tourism is recognized as an urgent issue for this canal city, which is one of the most visited places in Europe. Uh, the city has 
almost 13 million tourists in 2019. That's how many people went to, to see Venice. Number of visitors are expected to exceed pre-pandemic levels in the coming years, and more and more residents in Venice are choosing to leave. They fear the tourists could overwhelm the historic island city. So um, the citizen associations in Venice launched studies to monitor how many beds are available for tourists and residents in the city. And they say the number of beds for tourists rose uh, up to more than 50,000, but the number of beds available for locals decreased. So there's more places for tourists to stay than there are for the the citizens that live there. So, um, but yeah, hopefully maybe these large cruise ships, they banned those in 2021 from entering the historic center of Venice and the uh, Guideca Canal that after a ship crashed into the harbor. And now with the the absence of loudspeakers and smaller tourist groups, maybe it'll make a difference. I hope. Yeah. Uh, you got to be careful of those big ships, though, because they, they might offload some more loudspeakers. Excuse me, ma'am, are you a loudspeaker? No, 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 no. Well, that's it. That's it for another that is after the party. First show of 2024, and here we go. And a huge thank you to Wes. You are so appreciated. Thank you, thank you for the $5 super sticker. Also want to thank our new contributor, and that would be Tony, Tony C. C. Yes. And ongoing contributors, Candida, Lee, Harold, Linda, Stuan, Jerry, Vivian, Meredith, Deborah, Joyce, Nancy, Janet, and Carol. Thank you. Thank you so much to everybody. Uh, Couldn't do the show without you. It's a small budget operation, so we need every dollar to make it work. And uh, thank you. Have a great afternoon. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. Bye.